Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special early edition of Just Two Dads uh, with my co-host, Sean Francis. I am Brian Altunian. Uh, realize that we're, we're, we're startling everybody by catching, a little, catching you an hour early. Uh, but if you're able to catch us live on Facebook, we hope that you'll still engage. Uh, put some comments in the, in, the, in the comments section that we can share with our guests. And um, if you're catching us after the fact on our YouTube channel, welcome. Please leave us comments, subscribe, share with your friends. If you're catching us on podcast outlets, welcome. We hope that uh, we bring value to you as our, our goal every week to bring value by introducing the phenomenal people working in the, um, in the special needs community. And if you're catching us on WSTX AM radio down in the US Virgin Islands, hello. And finally on Roku channel on Empower Media, uh, hello, everybody, and uh, and welcome. Today's a special, uh, special, our special guest. I just realized, Sean, I totally have blown this intro. That's okay. Our special guest today on on Just Two Dads. We're talking about um, living with children with uh, with a, with a disability or a special needs. What does that feel like? If you have no idea, today's show is going to be very special um, because uh, our guest likes to uh, uh, share her life, and there's a specific reason why she does that. So. Now I'm going to throw the intro in here. Hello again, everybody. I'm Brian. I'll tune in with my co-host, Sean Francis. I really, I just blew, blew our intro because Sean and I were like, okay, this is how we can do our intro today. And then I totally, totally blew our intro. So um, that's okay. That's what's so great about our show. First of all, it's not, it was, we're not over, overproduced. We actually do this show live because this is our life, right? We do it. We do it live mistakes and all Sean and I were joking about the first one that we done. I think we're at episode 90. Our first episodes, we were on Facebook live and we were going like, uh, hello, is this camera working? You know, that's so um, <laughs> really, I think our first interview, I was on a, uh, I was on a phone and our interviewer couldn't even, our interviewee couldn't even get on. And so um, we've evolved, but we still uh, make 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 mistakes. So, anyways, without <laughs> further ado, it's been a, a, a crazy week this week. A lot of stuff going on. Um, but without uh, further ado, I'm going to throw it over to Sean Francis to get us kicked off here on today's show. Sean, how are you feeling today, buddy? I know you got a lot going on in your in your world. Yes, a lot going on in my world. A lot going on in the world. I am blessed and glad to be here. I want to jump right into um, the show. Uh, because of our guests, we and it's funny people here. You know, we're always talking about this person. We have a special guest here today. Special guest here today. Everyone is. The reason why our guest today is special is because she is an entrepreneur. She is a uh, an influencer. She's also a single mom and a social um, a special needs warrior. In a way that's just different. I don't know how else to describe it. And it's probably because of the um, highly vulnerable and um, um, and, and tangible manner in which she shares her life and the challenges of her daughter as well. And that is none other than Miss Tamara Wiggins. Welcome, Tamara. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Great to have you. Glad, glad to have you here. And uh, we know that you have quite the following in social media that is, you know, as organic as can be. And I know that you do what you do, you are who you are, and you probably don't see it as anything special. So I, I, I'm here to tell you, as I tell each of our guests, um, you're wrong and that you are, in <laughs> fact, a hero. And all heroes have powers and our powers come from our origin. So let's start with that, first of all, because that dictates how you deal with and respond to your child's diagnosis. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you grew up, where you grew up and things of that sort to begin with. Well, I grew up in Sacramento, California. Mm -hmm. uh, my uh, father was in the Air Force. Um, my mother was a homemaker. And mm -hmm. it was very like nuclear family. Mm -hmm. um, I had a brother, sister, dog, lawn, <laughs> garden. <laughs> traditional, <laughs> traditional family. Very traditional, traditional family. Um, my father had like three jobs, you know, um, and at some of the, 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 where I get my work ethic from is my father. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, after he worked, he worked at the air force and he would, he would work there all day long. And then he was the janitor at night. And, wow. uh, yeah. So, and he would take us and we would walk in the air, for, the, uh, 
the, the Air Force Base and we would walk at night while he was being the janitor for the same people that he worked with every day. And I, wow. we had that. So like all of my, my brothers and sisters have like that same work ethic of just being like, you have to prepare and take care of your family, even if you have to be the person that works at the desk at night and then to be the person that throws the trash out that you put in that trash can at night. Wow. So, and yeah, I grew up in Sacramento, but now I live in Los Angeles and I always knew I was going to move to a big city and I'm here and I, I've, I, I don't regret anything. I love it. Wow. Now with your father being in the military, it sounds like you didn't travel a lot. Um, like you weren't like the military brat in terms of growing up in different communities that you seemed like you had some stability growing up in Sacramento. Is that uh, correct or safe to say? We did. We did. But we did do, you know, TDY. Anybody who has a, a parent who's in the Air Force knows TDY, like your parents going. We did live in Seattle for a little while. My dad uh, worked at Boeing when they were building the um, the self bomber. And then we mm -hmm. we came back home but we didn't we weren't really like all over the country but my dad like would wake me up at eight o'clock in the morning and he'd be like i went to home depot and i bought a whole bunch of trees and we're gonna plant them today so at eight o'clock in the morning i would be in the backyard planting peach trees and apple trees and gardening and everything so that's just how i grew up Interesting. Wow. That's something else. So you finished <laughs> high school up there, obviously. Um, I okay. And then I'm leaning towards this because I know about your professional background, I'm trying to figure out how you got there. Did you, um, did you go to or graduate college then? I did. Well, when I was in, when I was seven years old, my dad brought this thing in the house and it was like, what is that daddy? And he was like, it's a computer. And he brought it into our a little side room. And he was like, this is going to be our computer room. And I was like, a computer room? And he was like, yeah. He was like, I'm going to teach you command line. And you are going to learn how to use a computer. You're going to learn how to get on the internet. This is 1988. Wow. So mm -hmm. in 1988, he was like, I'm going to teach you guys how to get on the internet. And back in the day, they had like Prodigy uh, nice. Legacy. And mm -hmm. we were eight years old and we were sending emails out and hoping someone would send an email back to oh my us. Gosh. <laughs> so um, I, I went into IT. My father uh, was a professor for a long time uh, when it comes to computer science. And uh, me too, I got a computer science degree because I went into IT because of my father. And I used to talk to kids at school and I used to be like, don't doesn't everyone have a computer room and they'd say no <laughs> we have a family room we have, <laughs> we have a living room you don't have a computer room no i was like well how do you put the floppy disks in and play the games and do you know like the the, the command line and they were like we don't know what command line the cmos so I was like how do you do the cmos they're like no and i'm like i'm 10 and i'm like other kids don't do this. <laughs> wow that's funny wow that's funny so then, um, tell us we a little a, bit about. I was just saying, we had a TRS eight. We had a TRS eighty in my in my house. My brother learned how to program on a TRS eighty. By the way, TRS stood for the Radio Shack. It was Radio Shack's first, <laughs> first MS DOS computer. TRS eighty. It. That was the big thing. But you remember when we used to have like the tape, the tapes that you would plug in, and the and you would take your pencil and you would have to like get the lead on the sticking into a cassette tape and then oh my put the cassette tape and like that's yeah so i we're can, so old i know we're so old i know we're so old my brother by the way went on to have a phenomenal career working for uh compact computers and dell yeah, for many many definitely. years and now he's a professor he's actually an associate dean at a university oh, that's now, so. awesome but that's funny those early days i remember those those things but that was wow. a long yeah quite a long time ago sorry sorry sean i totally interrupted no it's okay so where, where, did you, where did you go to college then i i went to sac state mm -hmm. and then i worked at apple's uh, campus for a long time as a frontline technician Mm -hmm. And then I did security at Apple for a long time. And then I came down to Los Angeles and I uh, worked at Apple's advertising agency and I set up their media arts lab 
for their uh, uh, advertising agency. So I worked for advertising agencies as um, an IT manager for years until mm -hmm. Lilac got her diagnosis and then mommy mm -hmm. had to come home. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you're working, doing the, these different jobs, you know, that you're, um, and you tell me if I'm going too deep, let me know. Just, just stop me. <laughs> okay. So you're, work, you're working these different jobs. You're, you're married or you, you know, you have, cause Lilac is one of several children that you have, yeah, right? So, have so you have four. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, how old was Lilac when she was diagnosed and what is her diagnosis? Well, um, Lilac had a developmental regression. Mm -hmm. So she was developing typically. Mm -hmm. And then one, I worked at uh, 180 LA. I had like fantastic jobs. Like I, I, I said that I was going to have my Los Angeles moment. I was going to do it. I came in, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working at Mitsubishi's advertising agency, Volkswagen's advertising agency, ABC's advertising agency. I'm, I'm just living, I'm living my best life. Sony's advertising agency. We're right by the beach. I'm like, this is what I said I was going to do. When I got pregnant with my first child, mm -hmm. I was 18 and everybody was like, your life is over. And I was like, I'm going to show you, you know, like, and I did, <laughs> you know, I got my degree. I got multiple degrees. I did my thing. I, I got these great jobs and my kids were thriving. We lived in a fantastic part of town. Uh, I worked in a fantastic part of town. I was really just like, you know, I got it. I did it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I came home and I noticed that Lilac wasn't looking at me anymore. Mm. She wasn't talking to me anymore. And I was like, and my mother was with me helping um, nannying, you know. I said, Mama, you notice that Lilac doesn't talk to me anymore? Like, notice that Lilac doesn't say hi, Mama, or even look in my eye or anything? Mm -hmm. And she had a developmental regression. So... And how old was she at that time? Uh, maybe 22 months. Okay. And she mm -hmm. and all my kids were just, like, sprightly, fun, talky, talkity little kids. I even have videos on my YouTube that I cannot look at anymore that people will look at and they'll be like, hey, Lilac used to say this. And I'd be like, I don't want to look at our kids. <laughs> mm, mm. But I, I was like, why isn't Lilac look at me anymore? Lilac, why isn't Lilac talk anymore? Like what's going on? And um, I realized something was wrong about 22 months. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So then once you, once you saw that, what was your first step? Obviously you, Took her to um, be seen, and <laughs> yeah, the pediatrician was like, "Look, her body is fine." Because, and I tell people all this this on my page all the time. The pediatrician does not want like blood shooting out of your mouth. That, that's all the pediatrician is making sure <laughs> of that your arm isn't broke, yeah, that your eyeball didn't fall out. Like it's like that's what pediatricians do. But yeah. mm -hmm. when we're doing, we're dealing with you know behaviors and, and behavioral health it's a different person and mm -hmm. they were like yeah take her to the regional center um took her to get diagnosed and whatever and they called me i was at work and i think at the time i was working we were working with derrick rose and adidas because i was working for adidas advertising agency and i was about to fly to spain um to work on one of his commercials and I mean, like I said, I was just living my best like Los Angeles life. And right. they called me and they were like, Lilac has a significant, uh, she she needs a lot of therapy. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll get a, I'll get a nanny. I'll do what I need to do. I mean, we'll just knock this out. I mean, so whatever, I have three other right. children. Yeah. And they told me, um, no, you have to be present. You have to be available for what she needs and I was like what do you mean they were like you have to sit in therapy with her we have to have like classes with you you have to learn how to, to coach you mm. mm -hmm. and yeah. I got up from my I went out of my office I went to the HR and I said I have to put my two weeks notice in I'm sorry I have to go 
Wow. And I left my career. Uh, and wow. You didn't even think of like paid, you know, family leave, blah, 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 any of that kind of stuff. You're just like, I'm out. I just had to go because they with with what they were telling me, it just felt like I have to give my whole self to her. Mm-hmm. Right now, yeah. I made the choice to have her, and because uh, when I got pregnant with the twins, I was on like the most voracious birth control, but it didn't work. So I was like, "Look, I brought you guys in the world out of faith, and I am going to just." Mommy has to go home. And I, I put in my uh, two-week notice. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to maintain this lifestyle for my me and my four children. But mm-hmm. mommy's going home. And let's wow. do this, Lilac. <laughs> how, now, long ago, how long ago was that? That was in 2010. 2010. Wow. So obviously, you weren't, you couldn't see this coming. Again, like I said, your whole story is different because I'm trying to like, there's all these different puzzles and pieces. The Mm -hmm. financial piece, obviously you can't see this coming. You're saying you don't know how you're going to manage it, but we just are. Skip how, I know why. But were you planning, were you, were you saving, putting, you know, you know, stuff aside while you were making that good money and living that, that. I I did a good five years of Mm -hmm. just using what I had saved. And then it, it just wasn't like, I was like, I have to figure something else out. And let me tell you, the hustler in me was hustling. I mean, mm-hmm. I was going to people's houses and fixing their computers. I was doing braids. I was doing people's hair. I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was figuring it out, man. Like yeah. we were like, how do you survive out in Sherman Oaks with four kids? And I'm like, look, I always tell people, when you, when you, there are five people, me and my four kids, and everybody wants a sandwich, that's 10 pieces of bread. Like, you have to do the math in your head. Interesting, like, yeah. Right, yeah. like, that's a whole loaf, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> right, right, you start so, making those kinds of decisions, right? Right, every day, I, like, I used to do the math, I used to do the math, I used to do the math. I, I have a chair right here where I did people's hair. And I'd be like, look, if I do, if she comes here and gets her hair done, it's $200. And then another girl comes and gets her hair done, it's $200. And my girls knew, like, they would be here, like, making sure that, like, the flat iron was hot, like, and the curling iron's hot. Like, my my girls were like, look, we're, we're all putting into this family of girls that we're going to make mm-hmm. sure that don't have to worry about losing our home or, electricity gas anything i was like no matter what like we're we're gonna make it and we did and it worked out right. so right wow all of your children so, are girls all of all, all four are girls. girls oh my gosh girls. Oh, that's wild <laughs> wow i have a 23 wow. year old girl now you have the oldest is 23 yeah. 18 and two 12 year olds wow Wow. We even we that? even had like we even went to festivals and had booths mm-hmm. like like where like you know how people go to festivals and be like really super excited about like li- looking great like all my girls would put like makeup and jewels and glitter on people in booths like all <laughs> over like California like we would like travel just to do that I'm like the mm-hmm. hustler spirit is very very much deep in my children. <laughs> That's fantastic. Wow. And so how old is my like janitor, just yeah. from your dad being a janitor, you know, working yeah, in the Air Force and the going at night. I mean, I, you, you definitely from my dad. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, look, whenever I tell anybody I had an idea of doing something, like when I told my mom or my, anybody, I would be like, I have an idea of doing something. I'm going to go to uh the the pride festival in 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 san francisco and we're gonna sit and just dust people with jewels and and glitter and make money all day long and they'd be like timmy why like why do you think (laughs) this is gonna work (laughs) and then then i'd leave and i'd be counting that money like boom 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 (laughs) true entrepreneur a true entrepreneur you couldn't have worked in a corporate job forever anyways you you're you're a Born entrepreneur. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Sean. I interrupted your no. Your I was just going to ask. So, so, how old is Lilac now? Lilac is 12. Okay. All right. So she's 12. So you're hustling, doing these different things, and it seems like you've gotten to a point where you've got some stability with the businesses, the income, and the influence, and all of that. That's such a great thing. Looking at that, I know as long as we're living, we're not a finished product. 
but it's so amazing looking at the product that is now. I want to continue to talk about how you got to that point because, you know, the the three of us, and I think Brian and I are both maybe you know a little older than you, but we're, we're but we're older than most people that are like hit with social media and all that kind of stuff. But you are as it as it comes when it comes to doing that. So how did the hustle translate from you know these different ventures to what you're doing with social media? Now tell us about that path, if you will. Well, originally, um. My mother has always been like, I live in Sacramento. I love mm -hmm. Sacramento. There's no reason to go anywhere else. And my dream was always to go everywhere and to do everything. And mm -hmm. when Lilac was diagnosed, they were like, everybody had this idea of like, stick her in the house. You can't do anything. You can't go anywhere. You can't. And I was like, I don't think so. I think we can travel. I think we can have fun. I think that we just have to find places that are going to accommodate children who have autism. And right before COVID, I was like, mm -hmm. I want a travel show. I think I want to do a travel show where it says, if you are a woman of color, if you are single, if you don't have the most money, there are still ways to have fun and enjoy yourself. If you have a child that has a disability, there are still accommodations. We can have this fun. So I shot, I I planned this trip to Disneyland and Great Wolf Lodge and a bunch of other places. And I shot all this footage. And uh, I was so surprised by how, how cause Lilac is pretty squirrely and she's a little uh, apprehensive. But mm -hmm. she had so much fun and I found ways to accommodate her in different ways. And I loved how the venues accommodate her too. And I was like, I'm going to have a travel show. I'm going to have a travel show where I'm going to show everybody how it's like, we can all do this too. And then COVID hit. Ah, right. And I was like, how am I going to sit and be like, hey, everybody goes to Disneyland where we're all wearing masks <laughs> and we're hidden in the house. <laughs> right, right. First of all, I just love the fact that people are like, oh yeah, you, you better stay home now. You got a, you, you got a daughter that just stay home and you're like, I'll do a travel show. <laughs> yeah. so, like, look, let's have some fun. And she yeah. enjoyed it. Like I was afraid too. Like I had the same fears and then I was surprised by it. I was like, okay, you know, what you think is happening when it comes to autism and intellectual disability is really not, you know, it's, it's something new every day. And yeah. she had a great time. We had great footage. I mean, like, I mean, I brought like a special camera for it. And it was like, like, everything was great. And then uh, I was like, I can't upload this because everyone is trapped in the house. Like that's, it was at the height of the fear mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of right. uh, COVID. So I just started dancing and being silly in my living room because that's all that was really left to do. And then it just like took off. I don't know what happened. So that's how my social media like presence started to become like, like viral. On and I got to tell you, I don't, you have an idea, but there's a portion of you that has no idea from my perspective, how valuable and how big a deal that is. Because I will admit, I, I think I play it safer than my wife does. Like I'll, I always say, well, you never know. You have to try. You never know. But my, my wife is the reason. My wife lives that more. My wife is the reason why I'll, I'll go, yeah, we should try that. Mm -hmm. So Elijah has never been on, on an airplane. We've done road trips and things like that. Um, restaurants generally go well. But for you to step out there like that is just, you know, in sense of the travel, that's one thing. Yeah. And I've got ideas which we'll talk about offline as well as people I want to connect you with to further that, especially since we're not coming out of COVID, but it's not quite what we knew it to be mm -hmm. in terms of the height. But then number two is I never thought, oh, I'm going to connect with people, but I started, I would film our Elijah and I doing certain things because my, my schedule with work is more flexible. I would be the one that pick up the kids from school and that kind of stuff. My wife, you know, uh, would work from home and take care of things like in the house, so to speak. So when I'd go pick him up, I'd film different things. Like one day he was really upset 
Uh, and I have no idea why he was having a meltdown. And I thought if I started singing street signs as we got to each street, oh. that would calm him down. So I'm like, you know, Johnson Avenue, whatever it is. That's and I'm cute. doing oh, that. Oh, you got a nice voice too. <laughs> oh, thank you. So do you, which I've heard. So you, you do as well. You sing wonderfully. Um, so it calmed him down. I do. I don't sing at all. No, it's fine. You, have a, you have a beautiful speaking voice, though. It's very oh. lovely. <laughs> yes. Thank you. But it calmed him down. And then what happens now, and the other kids are now used to it, is when we get in the car, regardless of my mood, I got to sing every sign. Oh. Unless it's on the freeway. And when, I'm, <laughs> and when I'm feeling like Fred Rogers, it's great. When I'm not, I'm just like Johnson Avenue, dude. Oh, mm. you know? <laughs> but what I'm saying is that I would film that or us taking walks and people would respond as though I had done something great. And my wife and I started to get a little reserved about whether there's people's opinions or his exposure. So I don't have him on as much. You... And then took taken that line, blurred it and crossed it in terms of what you share in terms of Lilac's experiences and all that kind of stuff and the bravery that it takes to do that. I can't imagine like there's so many times, especially this past week, where I've jumped on your social media and jumped on somebody's throat for making negative comments <laughs> because they just don't I tell us it's my long-winded way of saying just tell us how that came about because you're having Lilac on camera, the you know, your social media is named after her, but you're talking about what you're dealing with, but then you share hers as well. So let's get into now how those posts come about, why they take place, because there's several aspects that you look at. What What is it like for a child of color to be dealing with special needs? And then what is it like to deal with her needs on a daily basis for someone that does not know? Because you get a lot of questions and comments from people about how do you deal with that? And I just want to say, I mean, I'm going to put it up here on the screen. It's your Instagram is living with lilac. And you have your own living with with Tamara as well, right? So, just like you you put it out there. You are you're you're not shy Showing about myself. it. You get you get the most authentic version of me at all times. <laughs> yeah, and of, and of her and your experience of living with her, and so it's it's fantastic. So I just wanted to, as Sean was describing what what does he do, I just want people to know living with Lilac and you know living with Tamara. Those are two Instagram handles mm -hmm. um, right there where you're like. There it is. This is what living with us is like. I like I got like I gotta say, like I, like when she has meltdowns, you will never have the camera on her doing a meltdown, but it's on yeah. you. Yeah. And the meltdown is taking place in the background. You're explaining why it's taking place. It gives someone context, and they're able to understand the difference between a meltdown versus a tantrum. I don't want to say I could never do that, but prior to meeting you. My thought was I could never do that. Now yeah. I might. I don't know. And it's just, and and it never feels exploitive to me. And you have no idea. At least I don't think you do. That is a very difficult thing to balance. Yeah. But it's it's very delicate. But you do that. I, I never feel like you're here. Look at me. Here, look at my kid. That you can't control the way some people receive things. But right. it never feels that way to me. Ever, ever, ever. So I'm sorry. Go ahead and tell us about that. How that all came to be. It's, uh, here's the thing. Lilac is the spicy one out in these streets. And we <laughs> are, I have four daughters and I have a life and we, we go out. And I, the, the look that I see in people's eyes where they're like, I've never experienced this before. I don't know what I'm looking at. That, that is what motivates me. Because Let me stop you for one second. I'm sorry. I don't want me to interrupt, but I don't know if, listeners or viewers caught that. I don't even know if you're aware of what you just said. I have never had the consciousness, and Brian will tell you, I try to walk in the, in the path that gives people grace. And as much as I try to do that, I have never had somebody look at us sideways and walk away with, oh, they're looking at me like they don't, they haven't experienced that. I, 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 I'm not higher ground in, in, in those moments. I'm like, man, what are they staring at? So for yeah. you to have the presence of mind to give someone grace when they're looking at you sideways like that, do you have any <laughs> idea how valuable that is? I mean, that's just, it's just how my mind works. Like I'm it's like- It's rare. It's it, rare. It, yeah. And the, the older, and I, I always say, I know it is a devastating, it feels strange and it feels 
hurtful to see someone at a certain age crying or sobbing or tantruming or whatever, because you're like, this is not something that I'm used to. And I feel like if I make people used to this, then they will know it when they see it. Like there is a comfort when you go to a, to a cashier or something and you know lilac is tantruming because she wanted a snickers bar and i said no or whatever and the cashier looks at you and says it's okay my sister has autism or you know my sister acts just like this and there is a comfort in just being like okay so you get it seen. Like, you know to be seen right and even my family members are kind of uncomfortable with it because they're like, this is a secret. This is something that shouldn't be seen. Like, hide it. Don't show it. Um, and the thing is, Lilac is, Lilac is, she's a cutie pie, scooby dooby mama's baby. I don't want to show her crying on her face and the tears and things like that. But I also do want people to know, look, you see me out. We have this moment. Then... It helps us so much if you're like, oh, okay, she's she has autism, she has an intellectual disability. I get it. That's all right. I've seen this, and I'm telling you, I get about a hundred messages a day where people are like, I don't have an autistic family member, I don't have an intellectually disabled family member, but you teach me so much about it. Uh, today, I went to the store and I saw so and so do this at the the uh the pharmacy and i could mm -hmm. help them and i helped the mom or i just like told everybody chill out this person has this this person has that because i could tell you know i watched your videos and i understand how it is and i never understood it i never got talked about it and a lot, a lot of time in our community uh a disability is a joke it mm -hmm. is it, it's a comedy act it's, you know, it's like, look out, look at how silly or stupid or short bus this person is. It's never um, information or, you know, like being taught how to incorporate these people into our lives and care about them and to shield them because they really are the most vulnerable people in our population. Mm -hmm. And like, and, and the thing is, is that a lot of people will make fun of them and they won't make fun of you. And I like, I'm, I, it just confuses me to no end. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you making fun or diminishing and devaluing people who only want to be loved and would right. never do the same thing to you? So never. I was like, that's really important to me. Um, and I'm just one person. I always tell people, I'm just somebody's daughter. I'm just a girl, you know, like I'm a girl that had some kids and I just want, people to love on them and to care for them and to have grace f for them. And so that's, you know, I post my videos to say, just have some grace for my girls. Like if you see my baby have this moment and you saw this and you learned something, have that for other children, just like her or her, if you see her. <laughs> Empathy, empathy and love. Yeah. That's yeah. we talk Definitely. about it all the time on this show. And you're, you're guiding people and, and giving them something to see so that they can learn that empathy because we never know yeah. what's happening in somebody else's situation. We're easy to judge yeah. and easy to make that snap decision about what we think it should look like. But the reality is until you've done it, which is why you're this is why your social media is so amazing, because you do you show your lives. This is living with lilac. This is what it's like living with this is living with Tamara. This is what it's like to live in in my shoes, uh, walking. And shoes. it's and it's funny because, and you and I talked about this. How as human beings, we're so focused on our perspective and our shoes. We don't get curious about anybody else's shoes. So we don't. We're more childlike. We're more childish when we should be more childlike. And you know what happens is. That's those are human beings. When you take sub communities, whether it's a community of, you know, uh, of color or a certain culture or gender or whatever have you, there's again here's my here's my my lane and that's all I know. And in the special needs community, we have this. Here's how you advocate, and it shouldn't be done any other way. Mm -hmm. Here's exactly the term that you should address people with, and it shouldn't be done any other way. 
And that's something that you deal with as well, too, which I find so admirable. And I wanted to ask you, for those of us that are parents or caregivers to any to our child with special needs and then have neurotypical children, there's always that balance of giving your special needs child the different love, right? But not loving them any more and not loving the others any less. Mm-hmm. As a single parent in a situation like that, and I, I think that has something to do with it being a single mom as a woman. How did you balance that? Because there's these things that lie like knees and you got to let her know that those needs are being met without having her siblings feel like they're loved any less. That is not easy. It's super hard, super hard. But I will say this. Love is paramount in my household. Uh, When Chloe, Lyric, and the twins were all five years apart. And Chloe always knew that I would, I needed a household of love. We were going to do a household of love. When Lyric was born, she made sure that she knew to tell her like this, to, to, to keep that energy of love. And Lyric kept that energy of love when the twins were born. And Chloe took, I, there would be times cause when the twins were first born, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but when you have twins, you have to tandem breastfeed, like both. <laughs> oh, you do? I, yeah, didn't, I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me. Wow. <laughs> and you yeah. do it all night long because the body is only made for you to breastfeed one child. So to, mm. for your body to know to breastfeed two children, it has to be stimulated. So you have to continue to breastfeed over and over and over and over and over again all night long. And uh, I would do it all night until I would just be laid out. And Chloe was 10 and she would get the car seats and put the newborns inside the twins inside the car seats. She would pick them up and bring them into the living room at 10. And she would go into the kitchen and make waffles for Lyric, which is my middle child. And she'd put like ice cream and whatever, you know, a 10 year old would put on (laughs) for breathics. And then she would turn on, she would turn on like cartoons and then she would put the breast milk that I had put up and she would feed them. And she did all this at 10. And I was like, there is a, there is an environment of love and caring for all of us. That was very important in our lives. Mm -hmm. And when Lilac got diagnosed, we had to sit down and like, I didn't even have to say anything. My girls were like, we get it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even like sometimes if I have like a really like long night with Lilac, Leon, her twin, will wake Mm -hmm. up and make her breath fix or, you know, so like, I was like, this house will not work unless we all love each other. This house is not going to work mm. unless we all take care of each other. And I'm not going to put anything on you that is more than I sh- that should be on me. But if this is not an environment of love, this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. And anytime you need anything from me, any of them, I tell them all. Like, you have to tell me. If we don't communicate to each other, it's not going to work. Right. So don't just decide, I can't tell my mom, I can't ask my mom, I can't anything. Know that you can always come to me and be like, mama, I need this, mama, I need that. And I also tell people what you see on social media versus what happens in my household are Mm -hmm. two different things. One of the reasons why you don't see some of my other girls as much is because social media, like when you get viral, a lot of... um, people are prey on your kids and they're trying right. to figure out ways to connect with them. When right. I showed Leon, the twin, a lot of uh, people like reached out and, and in predatory ways. Mm. Uh, to, and, and the thing is, is that I can show Lila cause Lila doesn't read. Like she, she's not going to be able to be like, you know, she's not going to engage in that way yeah. right exactly while you have leon who could read and then somebody's like hey hi i want to be your friend and they can send fake pictures and things like mm-hmm. that so it's it's very predatory uh when it right. comes to social media so sometimes it's better to not show my other kids as much because 
you know, uh, the devil is busy. <laughs> that's right. And that's why, sure. picky, that's why we're picky about what we post. So I, 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 I didn't understand that. So I know that you had the twins. So I didn't realize that Lilac was one of the twins. So it's Lilac and Leon. And then Leon is, is the one in the videos where, you know, again, this might not be a big deal to you, but when you guys go out to eat at restaurants as much as you do, I'm just like, yes. So when you, <laughs> when you do that, Leon is the one that's usually interacting there with lilac like it's just the two of them out out for a meal right yeah uh, you can see that you can see that that is i'm telling you you know i can tell you about a book i can tell you about you know a pair of shoes or a great cause or or, or any product or whatever have you but i'm telling you to go to the social media so you can see these girls interact yeah, just so that you see sorry just so that you see grace and humanity and when you ask yourself sometimes again when brian and i work in financial services we're like we help people put these plans together for when you can plan for the time when we exist only in memory your answer at least part of that depending on whenever you you know depart is that you can count on leon for that so to to know that you have a sibling or siblings that's that's right there everybody doesn't have that Right, that's true. Everybody doesn't have that. That's precious. That's precious. We, we've to had a talk. That. We've, I've sat down with my girls, and I was like, look, lilac is a lot to deal with. And if mommy leaves, when mommy leaves, you guys have to all take care of each other. And if you if it becomes too much to deal with lilac, you know, you guys get, you need to, you know, Leon was like, I'll take care of her forever because she's a twin, you know. <laughs> and I was like, no, you guys have to give each other breaks and, you know, make plans and make sure that everybody is taken care of and you're chill. And I, I financial planning, I do plan on purchasing a home where no matter what happens, everyone can come home. That's mm -hmm. my dream mm -hmm. for me is like, no matter what happens to anybody, we can all come back to our own. You have a place, you have a place to come to. Yes. Yeah. 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 Love that. yeah. Love that. yeah. That's, that's incredible. And how are you, how, so, so with social media and, and for those folks who maybe don't understand how social media then becomes a career, if you will. So how do you, obviously you're, you know, you've become a bit, quite a bit of an influencer. You've got quite an amazing following. You said even, before we started this uh, this episode, you said that you had posted something on TikTok and had like seven thousand likes overnight. And how does that happen? You know, some people are like, "Boy, I'm I'm posting stuff and nobody follows me." But but more importantly, how do you then turn that into how do you turn that into to revenue a, to a business to a revenue? Yeah. What happens there? Um, well, some of it is sponsorships. Great. Um, okay. Companies like Walmart, Tylenol, you know, Target, those types of things. They they'll reach out when they want you. They'll get you. Um, <laughs> I always tell people also, like a lot of people are just afraid of being silly, of showing their face, of having fun, of lightening up. Uh, a lot of why my social media I think works is because I'm very authentic and I give you the. The, the actual version of myself. And I think the days of being shiny and perfect and, and you know, like pristine at all times, those days are kind of gone, especially, yeah. oh, I think, yeah. well, I think COVID and, and the quarantine, I think they got rid of those days because seeing someone with a perfect body Kardashian and sitting on the beach and you're sitting in the house and you just lost your job because your the company collapsed because you know of quarantine or whatever and you're yeah. like i don't care anymore i just want to see something real i want to see real people yeah. real bodies mm -hmm. real people talking you know real emotion uh, yeah like i want to see what is really happening in your house and what's going on when you have kind of like crumbs on your table <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, in a dirty microwave, like they're like, yeah. I need to see real people doing real things. Are you in my house? <laughs> right over there. How does, <laughs> like, yeah, it's literally. How do you know? It's so weird. This is like authenticity, and um, and I think that accidentally became lucrative 
to me when I went from like the travel. I do want to go back to the travel. Like we we traveled last year, went to New York, went to Seattle, went to Philly, went to a couple of places and, and, and those are good videos and they worked out for us and Lilac did great. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to, look, the babies can go on the plane. Trust me, something about the plane makes these babies all right. I have talked to so many people who have autistic ch children who are terrified to put them on a plane Something about the plane works out, so don't be a, don't hmm. be scared. You know, do a little <laughs> a little baby trip. Like it ain't gonna be long. You know, like a little hour and a half to try it out. Right. Trust right. me. It, it, look, you'll have fun. Um, we we'll take you up on that. Yeah, go to Vegas. My authentic self actually just worked really just worked out for me, and um, I'm glad that I did it because I kind of used to fake it for a long time, but being me is, is I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that. Everybody needs to know that because people need to be seen. And I got a question with Brian, go, go ahead. Uh, I, I was, I was going to say one of the things that I love, and I think it's a, it, and, and maybe this, this is just a sort of a side, a side biz is that Lilac has created her own words for things and you've put that's those what on I was going to touch on there. Sorry. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. So we're yeah. same thought here. Yes, um, because yeah. you put those on T-shirts, which I, you know, which I love. Because so, so, so Lilac is not she's not she's not nonverbal, but rather yeah. what she's done is she has her own words for certain things, and you've taken those, like Brian is saying, you put those on T-shirts and offer merchandise. Tell us about that, and tell us about sortie. That's where it all starts. Anyway, yeah, it all starts <laughs> with the sortie. Okay, so she loves ramen. She loves noodles. She loves noodle soup. And um, she's called it sortie for years, and I have worked so hard to get her to stop, and she just refuses. So at some point, I had to just embrace it. And um, I think one of the things a lot of people ask me is, will Lilac ever be able to have a job? Will Lilac ever be able to have her own place? Will she be able to take care of herself? And it's, it's hard because I'm like, Lilac doesn't make boundaries for herself and doesn't really take care of herself in a way. When you go out into the world, you have to have boundaries for what you will and won't allow for yourself. And yes. the fact that she doesn't makes her vulnerable. But at the same time, I'm like, doesn't mean she's not a creative. Doesn't mean she's not interesting or fun or, or has things about her that people are going to love. And calling ramen sortie was something that everybody like was like i just love it we love sortie you know yeah. like and i was like i i and 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 i'm telling you like there have been times where i've been like mommy it's ramen sortie baby it's ramen sortie and i'm like okay well i'm gonna have to call it sortie with you because you know what who's to say that i'm smarter than you are like you made your mm -hmm. you know like you made your decision of what this is going to be and people love it like thousands of people love that millions, honestly, millions of people love that they, they they change the name of it. They call it sortie. Whenever they see ramen, they call it sortie. So mm -hmm. I sat her down and I was like, what do you want on a t-shirt? And she pointed. And I was like, you know what? You can have a business, you know, with a little help, with a little accommodations, yeah. somebody, you know, being there for you. You can you can have a business. You can have creativity. You can have somebody that fosters that creativity. Um, don't feel like you know like you're just going to be taking care of your whole life forever. You can kind of take care of yourself. And so yeah, we have T-shirts. She calls um, anything that is citrus fruits or drinks. She calls Neju. We have a Neju mm -hmm. shirt. I don't know why she calls it Neju, but I think it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah. We had the sortie, the meaty, the ricey, and, uh, you know, she just has her own way of speaking. And who am I to say that it's wrong? I right. Think. So where, where can people get the merchandise that has these, the, you know, the gear that has the, these these um, things on it? T-shirts and things like that. You can go to uh, my Instagram, Living mm -hmm. with Lilac, and then go into my link tree. And it's called Sortie Merch. And then you just get any of the sort the sorty merch. Sorty merch. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Neju, I see the t-shirts and the t-shirts are, are adorable. They're, you know, they're black shirts and you know, blue, purple. You've got a bunch of different and, and by the way, they're you know, they they they've got beautiful diagrams on them as well. So and she's um, got her name. You see where and she is. signed it too, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she signed her name it. on it. That's Absolutely. It. Love that. Yeah, love that's that. it. 
it, it is awesome. It's yeah, and you know beautiful. something we, we had a guest on. I remember um, uh, uh, a special needs education attorney. Uh, I think it was the first person that uh, uh, Georgiano Jugo Kelman, who was the first person I think that talked about. You know, and, and this this is true to a certain extent, which is instead of trying to prepare the world to you know try to have my child fit into the world, I'm going to have the prepare the world to adapt to my child. Now you can't right. do that with everything i get that right but if you by the same token take everything and try to just get your child to fit into and adapt to the world it's only a matter of time before you're putting a square peg in a round hole this is whereas yeah right and and like we always say is our, our kids aren't they just receive information different they're not they're not wrong they're not broken they're different it's so different that's, right. that's how we they're need to different. do that and yeah, I, and that, I told me, somebody told mm -hmm. me, I don't know how I feel about Lilac's words being on these shirts. And I mm. said to myself, like, I remember when they were calling hot dogs glizzies for a while and like uh, celebrity rap stars were calling hot dogs glizzy. I need a glizzy. You know? I heard that. I heard that. I was like, wait a minute. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. And everybody was really excited about it because their favorite rap star was saying a new word and everybody's like i want to say this new word too and i'm yeah. like don't feel bad about someone who has autism and an intellectual disability saying a new word and everyone jumping on and loving it because you're just not used to people with this type of disability being honored or being uh uh like someone being, being like, seen hey, yeah, seen and loved, being seen, and being heard, being yeah. validated, yeah. counting. And you know, it's funny because I saw I saw this video today, and I've seen it before. And it's a prank where it says, you know, if you take um, baking soda and put it in ketchup, when the person opens the ketchup, um, that it's gonna shoot out pretty far. And so this guy is doing that, and he's telling his girlfriend, he's like, "Babe, can you help me with the ketchup? The ketchup you got won't open. I need to put it on my." And I didn't know what he said. I thought he said Izzy. I didn't know what it was. I've seen it before, months mm -hmm. ago, maybe even as far back as a year. But yeah. I looked at that video this morning because it popped up on my feed, and that's where he said, "I need to put some ketchup on my glizzy." glizzy and I was like, "Yeah." Like, I was like, "Is that a Chicago thing?" Or, <laughs> it's a I had no thing. idea. Yeah, I never York. heard it. But, you have, but all you need is a celebrity to say something and you're like, then it's cool. Change, I have to say this word for the rest of my life, you know? Right. But the Snoop thing Dogg. was, I was like, it makes you feel weird. And I had to tell the person, I was like, it makes you feel weird because you're so used to people making fun of disabled people that mm -hmm. when, when uh, thousands of people are like, I love what you're saying. And it doesn't matter whether or not you're disabled. I still honor and I'm still like impressed by you, who you are. And I want mm -hmm. to bring that into my life and my vernacular. And it, right. I think this is kind of like very new to people. And it's very hard. It's like, this is this 12 year old girl says that things are blank. And then I, every day I have people send me pictures of Lilac's hanger that she, you know, like walks around. Everybody knows Lilac walks around with a hanger people with lilac across their shirt, people with, you know, soup on their shirt and it says sorty. And it's like a lot of people are just not used to disabled people being honored and, and, and um, admired. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. We're at the point now where we, and it's funny, this is, I think you're the first person on the show who has ever answered a question to an extent before it's been asked, meaning <laughs> this particular question. And this is the point of the show where we will ask people in the following, okay. which is, our ability to change the world is tied in some way, great or small, to our ability or our willingness to change ourselves. So with that said, give us an example of one thought or belief that you really held dearly and believe strongly, but no longer believe mm -hmm. to be true. Okay. You have to be a genius in order to change the world. Mm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm right there because that was like, I don't know if it was genius, but I, I, I once believed that I needed to be something bigger than who I am yeah. to change the world. Right. That question has never been answered more appropriately and in no more perfect a manner on this show ever before. And I challenge anybody to come on here and answer it. 
in any manner more perfect than that. And I'm saying that from a very selfish perspective mm-hmm. because that's my answer to the question too. Because as a kid, you're like, I need to be this. So yeah, you have to be like Stephen Hawking. I, you know? <laughs> yes, yeah, I have to be, I have to be, I have to be Einstein. Atlas big or I have to be Einstein big, <laughs> one of the two. But no, no, you don't. All you no. got to be is th- this big and true. Right. And for those of you that can't see that might be listening on Apple or Spotify, I have my hand over my heart. That's <laughs> how big you have to be to change right. the world. Right. It goes in line with most people feel that they have to do something in order to have something, in order to be something. I've got to go do this in order to have a degree, in order to get a good job, in order to make a lot of money, in order to be happy. What you just talked about is you've got to be and to be do have, right? Like- I, I, my whole perspective on life has changed because I went home, I put in my two week notice, I left my career, we broke, broke my heart because I worked so hard at it. And I went home and I didn't know what was going to happen, but the world, not the whole world, I mean, you know, but <laughs> enough people have looked at Lilac and been like, you don't have to be a genius. You don't have to be. You have to have this college degree. You don't have to be this. You don't have to be that. You just have to be lilac, and I'll and and you're just there's a specialness to you, and we you know we love it, and it's the way that I see the world. And you've answered another question, which is that you wouldn't be there one if it wasn't for her diagnosis, and then number two, to do it, you not only have to be here and big enough in the heart in order to change the world. And you don't even have to be fearless, but you have to be willing to act in spite of the fear because you said you didn't know what was going to take place. And I watch you on a weekly basis directly respond to people in a very, you know, higher law manner when they (laughs) attack your child or your post, as opposed to just firing back at people. And unfortunately, I've chimed in and I wouldn't, I don't know if I've gotten down in the mud, but I've kind of like jumped at people, you know, how dare you say that? Do you like, you know what I mean? So um, you do what some of what I do and aspire to continue to do, which is keep it up here. When, you know, like, 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 like Michelle Obama, said, when, they go, when they go low, <laughs> yeah, you know, you like, you like to say when they go low, we go high, but sometimes if they're low enough, you're ready to just jump right down there and you do a great <laughs> job of, you know, that not taking place. So well on you and i i'm just glad we we met that we had this time today and i know yeah. we're going to be doing some work in the future i know we are wonderful it's been amazing and and when we as we wrap up the show first of all thank you for for joining us and being a part of this this conversation has been you know inspiring hopefully other folks feel they can you know sort of break out of their preconceived shell and get out there and share themselves with the world authentically and you know who you are being uh, will dictate what it is that you do and give you everything that you want to have. So, um, what you've talked about is great. I want to thank everybody who's been listening and catching, uh, you know, catching us live at our special time, which has been great to have you all here. Um, thanks of the thanks to those who have commented. Um, some folks who have uh, who have put some uh, some comments there in the chat. We've actually put your store link in the chat as well so if you're watching this and you want to catch this live after the or catch this after the fact uh look at our youtube channel you can see it in the chat as well um get on there and buy some sortie uh merch and uh and uh honestly and thank you sean uh sean hall in in uh in hawaii for supporting us as our producer and keeping us on track he's like time guys it's time let's get keep, <laughs> keep keep us rolling so thank you sean hall we love you and to our families, uh, you know, and everybody listening down in um, down in the U.S. Virgin Islands, you know, thank you again for participating with us, Tamara. It's been an honor uh, to have you here, and I, I always sign off for the same thing that you know, empathy and love is is what's needed. You're an embodiment of that. I mean, you really are helping folks understand why and why that's so important. Look at the world through lenses of love, and the world will look like a different place. And know that somebody's going through something, and the more empathy you can bring to a situation the more value you bring to the world. So thank you for being an embodiment of that. I'm going to throw it over to Sean to, to, to wrap us out here as we wrap up this hour. Amazing conversation. I want to thank Tamara again for this great time. And I, I, I never have I been more certain of the change that we can make together in this world. And then, and, um, and us be working together, doing something. We got, I got all kind of ideas in my head. I'm just, and I'm, as, as I know Brian does too. I want to thank 
those that uh, tuned in live and commented, including uh, Donna Michi of uh, KBLA Radio. Uh, love his work. Um, and I want to thank, as always, the women in my life without whom I would not be. And that is my amazing uh, wife, Laura, and my mom, Jan. And I want to remind everybody again that, you know, remember that everyone you see, everyone that you encounter, everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to be loved and know that they matter. And um, we'll see you next time. And just remember that if you're watching this, we love you. Thank you, everybody. See you again soon. Bye-bye.